2: What's up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz, presented by otgbasketball.com. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. How are we doing, Jack? A little bit
3: tired, Nick. Been staying up late watching draft coverage, watching draft express videos, but it's all for it's all for a good cause.
2: All for a good cause. I give Jack a lot of credit staying up super late last night to watch a draft. And then he's up late right now recording this. And that's what we're talking about today. The Nets made two picks last night. Number 29, John and Musa, and number 40, Rodion's Kuroks. So both guys, Jackson, going to correct me on the pronunciations because he always nails that, but <laughs> I, I'm pretty happy with both picks. international draft for the Nets, and it looks like they got a lot of value.
3: Yeah, they certainly did. You know, John was projected to be, you know, a lot higher. He's uh, upside, you know. Uh, the, a lot of teams are sort of looking at him uh, as a draft and stash prospect, but, you know, he he said in, uh, in plenty of his interviews that, you know, he felt it in his heart that he wanted to be in the NBA and he deserved to be in the NBA, and the Nets sort of pounced on that. Uh, Rodeons has also been, you know, scouted, uh, quite heavily by the by the nets for for a couple of years now, and you know they've watched him, you know, do, do some of his workouts, and you know they they've decided to pounce on him, you know, despite uh, a lack of playing time in Barcelona. Um, I, I feel like you know they're both in a great situation, and you know, Shaw Marks is still in a a little bit of Spurs style about and getting some Euro flavor to the squad. And I don't know I, I I just like both of these picks. I feel like the Shaw Marks is going to work his wonders again, and then you know it's going to be up to Coach Kenny and and everyone else. Thiago Splitter and the rest to do their thing and I think that they will.
2: Yeah, definitely. And like you said, it feels like they got really nice value at 29 and 40. Before we break it down, just a quick reminder, you can check out the buzz on iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, YouTube, and Google Play. But let's start with number
3: 29, Jon and Musa. What do you love about his game? He could score, man. Like he's just a flat out scorer. Like I just see shades of like, you know, Jamal Crawford about him in terms of his uh, wily sort of frame about him he's just not afraid to sort of shoot him no matter where and where he is on the floor um he's decent on the inside i mean obviously his his frame um it will develop i mean he, i think I, I was listening to Nate duncan on their sort of pod, uh, draft recap podcast and they said that like you know they reminded him a little bit of Karis Levert, obviously having that sort of skinny frame, but also being, you know, athletic and uh, ability to do well inside. I, I think that they're uh, way different in that sort of sense. But, you know, we're, we're sort of looking for a a score to sort of come off the bench, give us that punch. Joe Harris was awesome for us last year, different sort of skill set. But, you know, he's not afraid to, he's he's just not afraid. And that's just one sort of thing. I, I, I love the confidence about both of these guys. Janant uh, in particular, you know, we probably got the, it wasn't a very uh, international heavy uh, draft but I think we probably got the outside of Doncic the the two best sort of international prospects
2: yeah I would agree and that's what, what I've been seeing on a lot of the draft websites like you said you know Jana is a score he's confident he's fearless he can drive to the rim he has some nice size he needs to add the strength you mentioned the coaching staff also I think the performance team has to do a lot of work with these guys and I think they could benefit from a summer over here obviously you know and I think the one thing you love about him he's only 19 years old you know, you have the opportunity to really develop him skill, develop his skills. And like you said, there is some issues. You know, there's the shot uh, shot selection isn't great, but I think his shooting shooting percentages don't reflect what type of shooter he is. So he could definitely improve in that area. What do you think he really needs to
3: work on? I think he's uh, d- defensive sort of capabilities and, and engagement on that end. Um, I feel like a lot of it is sort of you know his body. Um, He does have the effort and he did mention like, you know, that he's going to be hard on defense. Um, I I feel like that's one area of the floor. Um, Probably sort of being that with that sort of sharp shooting mentality, that Jamal Croft mentality, learning to play within the system. Um, Coach Kenny obviously preaches that and and then some, you know, D'Angelo had um, his issues with it at times last season, as do all players. Um, sort of reigning in this sort of, you know, individual sort of killer mentality at times. Um, but I think John will be left to flourish. And, you know, summer league's going to be a fun time to watch him as well the preseason. Um, but I feel like, yeah, playing within a system and obviously the defensive side of the floor. But, you know, the defensive side of the floor is one area that a lot of our nets need to improve on as well.
2: Yeah, it's like pretty much all of his weaknesses are similar things you see with a lot of prospects coming to the NBA. Defense, focus, shot selection. Obviously, you can improve on the boards a little bit. What do you think are some unknowns about him where the Nets can really unlock that we haven't seen from his game yet?
3: Uh, I feel like he's got uh, an ability to sort of be a ball handler and a passer. Um, He's got really great size. Like we were sort of chatting a little bit off wax. You know, he can play one, two, three, or four even. You know, six, nine. um, Some of his draft express videos show some uh, really sort of nifty passing abilities. You know, I feel like he's got that ability to sort of like, Sort of like how Ben Simmons as a 6'10 sort of guy can just see over the floor and just make those really adept passes. I feel like that's an underrated game of his. We know that he can score, but I feel like, you know, uh, within our system, I feel like his passing could be utilized really well as well.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think his passing, he's shown flashes and we've seen v- different videos along the draft websites. And you mentioned even the development of a guy like Joe Harris has improved as a passer. You could see that with John as well. I think obviously there's a, some pick and roll potential and you mentioned the versatility. I think that's the one piece I really like about him is his 6'9 frame, his ability to handle the ball, his ability to score, shoot, a lot of versatility, his ability to improve as a passer. There's a lot to like if you can add on that strength department, work on the shot selection and just be not an amazing defender. He's just got to be a solid defender defender you know a guy who's going to put in a lot of effort and do his best to stay in front of his man
3: yeah it's going to be tough for him in, in that sort of sense obviously the the is going to be a huge sort of focal point for him sort of like you were mentioning the performance stuff the nutrition stuff you know adding that mass adding, the, adding that muscle but at the same time you know jamal crawford's been like you know 80 kilos however many pounds, <laughs> however many kilo however many pounds that is i'm not i don't really know the conversion i have to get my girlfriend to tell me that um but you know there's guys that are skidding and are going to work out you know Chris Atpolzingis was very slight with his frame. He got that, you know, famed trainer who sort of turned him into a jacked-up monster. Um, I don't think that they, we want to sort of take that away because that was, well, we want to sort of keep uh, and sort of speed and versatility about him to sort of move the floor well because he's really good in transition as well. Um, he's got really nice pace about him, a decent um, first step, but you know he can get caught uh, on both ends in terms of uh, being a little bit lackadaisical at times.
2: Yeah, I think you want to keep the quickness because have you seen some people describe him of having the frame of a forward and the speed of a guard. So if he's able to kind of keep that and, you know, just get more solid moving forward. And we know the Nets performance team is one of the best and they're going to make sure that, you know, keep his, uh, his uh, strengths to his side and not give him any more weaknesses. So it's going to be really impressive. What do you expect to see from him this season? You know, can we expect to see him getting solid rotation minutes? Not many minutes. What do you expect?
3: I absolutely hope to see and I believe that he will, Nick. Uh, I believe he's got the talent to sort of, you know, slot himself in off the bench and, you know, who knows? He could slot in and start at times, you know, sort of being able to space the floor. If he plays at the four, uh, replaces maybe Ronda Hollis-Jefferson at times, depending on injury and circumstances, next to Jared Allen. You know, Jared Allen's got the defense. allen um, has got the offense that's a nice little one-two punch there, you know, and and because he has that positional versatility, you know, if there are injuries, um, Coach Kenny can go, look, we're going to need you to play a little bit of the two tonight. Defensively, he can be hidden uh, if need be as well, because, you know, Carousel has some size about him, as does Spencer Dinwiddie. We've got a lot of these guys, as we mentioned before, that sort of have size about them, and they can sort of, you know, be wily enough and be capable enough there so that we can hide hide, um, Musa if, if need be, but I expect to see some, you know, nice streaky nights. I feel like we're going to see some uh, highlights of plenty from him and D'Angelo. I feel like, you know, we're just getting some, uh, building the roster very slowly, but surely, but, you know, we're getting the right pieces and, you know, what do you think, Nick? Are you looking forward to seeing Janna and Strutty's stuff at Barclays?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I think, like I said, at 29, getting a player like this at the age of 19 with a lot of capabilities, a lot of potential, and a versatility skill set that can kind of fit the new NBA. I think going to this season, I wouldn't be surprised if you see something similar to Jared Allen's season in a sense. Not that he'll start by the end of the year, but I think he might start a little bit slow, get minutes here and there. And then when it comes, you know, January and February, his minutes start to pick up. And like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple explosive nights. You know, I could see him having a night where he knocks down five threes or a night where he puts up 20 points just because he gets super hot because that's been a thing, you know, mentioned with him. He has the ability to just be a scorer and he's fearless and confident. And, you know, listen to Kenny a little bit on the radio. He mentioned him just being an aggressive scorer, and that's a skill in the NBA. You know, guys can score, but sometimes that extra level of confidence just brings you to another level.
3: Yeah, aggression is one thing, like we sort of talked about with Alan Crabb, that he sort of lacked a little bit. And, you know, if he can see sort of Jalen doing his thing, if he can see Rookie sort of putting it up there in that sort of sense, then that's going to be like, uh, it's going to probably feed the sort of, it, it creates a bit of energy and buzz about the sort of squad. Uh, no pun intended, obviously. But <laughs> um, I, I just really like him. And I also like that, he, you know, he's got um, uh, a history with um, Yusuf Nurkic as well. He's got a little bit of a mentorship happening there. Um, the second Bosnian uh, via Nets Daily to play for the Nets with mizer Deletovic. So, you know, Janan's got all these tools to be um, a, a really sort of capable NBA player. And, you know, uh, this is also a reading on um, NBA on Nets Daily. NBA Draft Net called him one of the best scorers of his generation in Europe, um, which is a, a absolutely, it's really high praise. So the fact that we've got this guy um, sort of fills the need for us as well. So it just works out well.
2: Yeah, and I I can't get over the fact that he's 19. I love drafting super young players because I think you can just kind of mold them a little bit more than a guy who's been in college for four years or, you know, is in the low 20s or mid 20s. So I think that's definitely an advantage for the Nets. And what do you expect from him long-term? Like, where do you think he fits in? Is he going to be like this long-term bench piece the Nets have where they're bringing him off the bench and he's a nice three-point shooter and you can see him playing in Brooklyn for a while?
3: Look, he has the potential to be a six-man-of-the-year contender. You know, there's been comparison of him, you know, Rodney Hood, Marco Bellinelli. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, Jamal Crawford. Uh, I feel like he's got potential to be just a really solid NBA player uh, for a long time. You know, uh, you don't want to put ceilings on any player. And I know Coach Kenny sort of uh, mentions that and then some. So I'm in a similar sort of vein. I don't think that we want to sort of put anything on it because he has that uh, such untapped potential and such a high level of talent that, you know, we don't know. He could be a high-level rotation player or he could be a high-level starter or he could be, you know, fringe all-star. We don't know because... Um, there's just such raw elements to him. And as you mentioned, being at such a young age, you know, the, 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 potential is, is huge and huge.
2: Yeah. And it seems like he has a lot of drive and a lot of confidence. I'm just looking forward. And I just like the way that he can fit in with so many different pieces with his versatility. And I think he's a piece that, you know, can help other players kind of be better having him on the floor to stretch it. And he's a great asset fx nine that you could arguably put at the two, three or four if he adds to his strength. But uh, moving on to the 40th pick, Rodions. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his uh, last name a second time. This is a guy <laughs> who was connected to the Nets even last year, drafting in the first round. What are your thoughts able to get him at number 40?
3: The fact that Sean Marks got his guy was able to scout him uh, and sort of just settle on him. And, you know, there was rumors going around even last year that he had potential to be a, a lottery guy. The fact that he slipped so much was possibly uh, due to his lack of playing time in Barcelona. Um, obviously, you know, the the Euro- European league sort of favor uh, guys that are wanting to sort of play their sort of style and aren't going to just leave them and, and head to head to the NBA. So, and, and Rodion's certainly had uh, lofty goals and, and he's going to, I feel like he's similar in a sense to, to Janan, you know, he's got a, a great three point shooter um, as some, uh, a decent dunker. Um, he's got all these sort of different things about him. That's going to be uh, untapped. There's a real unknown about him. I, I'm sure that, he might spend some time in the G League um, a, a little bit. Uh, and I don't think that's going to necessarily be a bad thing for him. But, you know, I feel like he could see some minutes as well because, you know, three-point shooting, uh, a guy's a small ball four. You know, similar to, obviously, probably doesn't have the uh, upside and uh, versatility that uh, Moussa does. But at the same time, you know, very intriguing piece.
2: Yeah, another great you know complimentary player moving forward, like you said, possibly a stretch four that you can bring off the bench. He's you got some nice size to him as well at six nine, and he's a guy that like you said, you know, at Barcelona he didn't get to play a ton because obviously agreements with the coach or whatever, or the, what their mentality is. Then also he's dealt with injuries. so I think getting some playing time, getting some time in the, with the Long Island Nets, Nets can really benefit him. Getting him over here, I think it's really interesting, and I like I just love the fact that we we're able to get him at forty. And he's a guy people regarded as maybe a twenty to thirty pick last year.
3: Yeah, and the fact that, we, that he slipped so much to us, you know, Shaw marks is obviously going to pounce on that. And the fact that he's got that history sort of, you know, scouting him in LA before, um, it, it just works out perfectly. And, you know, Nick, do you think that, what do you think Rodion's uh, potential is? Do you think that he has uh, a potential to see some minutes this year? Um, he's mentioned, uh, I'm sure that he might see some minutes against New York for, for those that haven't seen the quote as well.
2: Yeah, I think he could get some – I think his minutes, if they did come with the Brooklyn Nets, will be later in the season. I think early on, unless he has a really impressive summer league or off season, his minutes probably will be with the Long Island Nets early in the year because, like I said, not getting to play a ton. He's only 20 years old as well, You know, another young piece. I think he'll just need to kind of work on his game. Obviously, there's been talk about him having some nice uh, basketball IQ already. He's got the shooting touch, like you mentioned, explosive at the rim. I think weaknesses, obviously, kind of similar to Musa. Defense, he could improve as a rebounder, you know, and then just some of the, the basic things. But other than that, uh, I really like him as well. Like I said, getting these guys at 29 and 40, I know I've harped on it a lot. I think it's a great, great uh, value.
3: Yeah. And and again, like sort of like I was mentioning with John, you know, fills the need for us. You know, we don't really have that stretch for, we were talking about in the draft and, and in terms of free agency as well. We wanted that stretch four. Rodion's fills that need. Um, he's not obviously going to be uh, NBA ready right away. You know, you can't just throw him in there, um, but he has the potential to sort of feel a need and whether that's off the bench or starting uh, depending on uh, where he is, but I hope he sees the minutes uh, at least against uh, his former countryman, uh, Than in the Knicks, uh, Chris Bubolzingers, because he said that he he can't wait to kick his ass and dunk all over him. I, I, I just I love the, the these two guys' mentality. We're talking about their confidence, their sort of. Uh, their swag about him. I feel like they're going to fit in Brooklyn perfectly.
2: Yeah, they definitely bring some swag to the team, some confidence. I actually was cracking up at the press conference. I caught the end of it and I thought it was amazing just seeing these guys come over here and talking, and ready to go. And at the same time, they were still humble saying they want to prove to the coaches what they can bring to the Nets and prove they can play in this league. But were you surprised last night that the Nets didn't trade up? I know both of us were on record of saying we expected, you know, 60 to 70% chance the Nets would make a trade. Obviously, the Moskov-Howard trade happened a couple days ago, but were you surprised they didn't trade up in the draft? Yeah, somewhat, Nick. uh,
3: But at the same time, uh, hearing Sean Marks' comments, you know, it it doesn't come as a surprise because he said that, you know, he was sort of happy with um, the roster that we have right now in terms of the vets and, you know, the guys that were being rumored around, Dinwiddie, Carroll, RHJ. Um, you know, I, I feel like culture wise and in terms of sort of uh, alluring free agents and, you know, getting wins on the board, you know, it, it can't have to, can't hurt to have that continuity. And I feel like, you know, in terms of building that culture, obviously part of the reason why we didn't uh, keep Dwight Howard on the books, uh, it, I feel like it's not a bad thing. Um, it would have been nice to sort of see someone around that sort of 15 range, you know, who knows, we could have got the, the 14th pick from Denver. And we could have had uh, Michael Porter Jr. on our books. And that would have been nice. But at the same time, You know, the the Nets are going to make the most out of any situation that they have. Um, Were you disappointed uh, or were you – I I mean, I know I was a little bit surprised, but were you disappointed at all or were were you happy with the decision to sort of stay fit with 29 and 40,
2: Listening to Sean Marks, it seems like teams were asking for too much to move up. It's like they wanted to get a player and then also give off a salary dump for still trading up and you giving them a pick. You know, it felt like a situation. I think in general, in terms of the NBA last night, I expect to see a lot more salary dumps. It felt like teams were being stingy with the picks and it didn't seem like the right trade was there. Like I kind of uh, mentioned to you off the pod, like I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more picks for next year's draft this offseason, since we didn't see a lot of trades last night.
3: Yeah, I feel like, you know, the picks were held at a premium this year. And next year with with the sort of draft sort of leveling out a little bit uh, in terms of, you know the the lottery odds you know that that might change a little bit and then obviously with the 2021 um possible year happening where the the one and done rule could be scrapped uh that could be one of the more uh, intriguing drafts uh, in recent memory as well so i feel like teams are being a little bit more careful with it and that's not necessarily a bad thing um uh, because you know the nets are going to have their own next year finally um but at the same time you know it, it would have been nice to sort of you know hit those teams or get a little bit higher but you know, I'm happy with what we've got. And, you know, there's uh, greener pastures ahead.
2: Yeah, and it'll definitely be interesting to see if these guys play in summer league. Sean Marks mentioned that they may not because they just came off big seasons himself internationally. So also just a couple of things about Sean Marks. He personally scouted these guys and it seemed at the press conference that he really loves them. And both guys are already, he said, are coming over this year. I believe Rodion's already has a four-year contract with the Nets via yep. Draft Express reported it.
3: Yep, and uh, the buyout as well for uh, for janan uh, I believe the Nets are contributing 675000 uh in terms of NBA rules, in terms of international buyouts. So uh, no issues there on the Nets' behalf. But, yeah, to be able to order, sort of have as well, you know, we're talking about the sort of salary cap flexibility. To have two rookies who uh, could be contributing to to this team in the future uh, is just another piece to have. And, you know, if... You know, you end up needing to move them or they're some sort of trade asset. I don't see that being a case, you know, anytime soon. But, you know, the the way that Sean Marks is building this roster uh, from the ground up is something to be marveled at. And, you know, these two picks are just uh, emblematic of it.
2: Yeah, and I just love the versatility and the age of these guys and how they can fit, like you said. It's just a nice add to the team. So I'm really happy with the draft. What were your thoughts on it? You know, if you had to say happy, sad, kind of happy, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah, I'm giving it a big smiley face, Nick. Um, you know, if I'm doing an emoji for it, it's one of those big cheesy... The full green. cheese? The, the full, full cheese. cheese. I'm, I mean, full cheese. I'm always going to be happy when it comes to Sean Marks. He's a Kiwi. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I can't not love him. I can't not love him. You know, for th- when we were talking about him at Thanksgiving, it's one of my favorite episodes, and I can't help but be thankful for him, whatever he does, you know. Um, I, it's certainly maybe it's somewhere between the cheese and between the sort of just a typical smile because you know the cheese would have been like you know if we got the if we got Michael Porter Jr. Um, uh, that would have been like full cheese and maybe like that would you know, have been like
2: maybe, five heart emojis.
3: <laughs> that would have been like you know the 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 lover on the eyes emoji as well. That would have been. Uh, I feel like there wouldn't be enough emojis to describe that. But at the same time, you know, I'm really happy. Um, my emoji game reflects that, and uh, I feel like if you're a Nets fan. Uh, There's every reason to be happy um, going forward because these guys are going to be some nice pieces for us and they're going to fit in well. They want to do well. Um, They're saying all the right things and let's just see how they perform in some league. It's it's only a couple of weeks away now. So um, really exciting times ahead.
2: Yeah, and you could probably throw in like the Moskov-Howard trade is technically still part of draft night because they did trade pick 45 in a future second-round pick. So if you want to include that in there, that definitely moves it up to hard emojis getting rid of Moskov. And if you want to check out our show on that, we brought on some Charlotte guys, Evan Dial, Dylan Jackson to talk about that. But, Jack, anything else on the draft before we get out of here? Look, I'm just
3: uh, happy as a Nets fan, you know, the fact that we can do something so well with with such a little sort of on our plates, you know, pick 29, pick 22, you know, picks in the 20s. You know, this is technically a pick that we got. This is technically the Toronto pick for Damari Carroll. We have Damari Carroll and Janan Musa for taking on Damari Carroll's contract. Um, A guy
2: who has been great for us in terms of on the court, off the court, and culture, and just setting the right example. I mean, the Damari Carroll trade, I would give that A+++++.
3: And you get a free player, a free player who has – untapped potential probably a word a phrase that I've used a million times you know it's just something that you know Sean Marks he just continues to do the right things you know I feel like he hasn't really done anything you know people have questions sort of coach Kenny sort of coaching at times and with reason um, but a lot of the things that Sean Marks seems to be doing are getting tick 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 like you're saying
2: yeah the only thing I think you could probably say about Marks people would question it, is the Alan Crabb contract and that's you know, that's a toss-up, you know, depending yeah. on what you want. And the Nets being in the situation they are, I don't think it was that bad. And honestly, I don't think what Kenny does is that bad because I still think he's developing and the roster isn't amazing. And I think people are kind of overblown on that. But Nets for another day. Jack is always great show. Thank everybody, for listening. Check us out on iTunes, Bob Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com.
1: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.